What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com, with Para.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Rideshare Rodeo. Um, hope everybody's week went well. I this week I have Marissa Edens with me here in in the in the home studio. Uh, Marissa, Hi, Steve. Thanks hi. for having me. Thanks for being on. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about a couple stories this week and. Uh, like I said last week, um, just after the the last few weeks have been a little bit longer, and uh, and they it's been some pretty in depth content. Even going back, if I remember right, when I was looking earlier today, about the last seven weeks have been some pretty intense uh, episodes, minus the the um, TNC radio uh, with the with the about the truckers, which was just a fun one, but. Um, all of them have have been fun, but um, going back to the rideshare guy one, basically we've had a lot of uh, tough ones since then. We've talked about, um, you know, ride rideshare drivers. I mean, this is outside of rideshare as well too, but rideshare drivers in New York and Chicago specifically, but everywhere. But the Independent Driving Guild with Lenny, we talked about um, carjackings in Chicago and gangland violence and them now taking advantage of uber and lyft drivers and literally calling uber and lyft drivers to an address knowing they were going to carjack them kill them whatever i mean it's it's happening daily almost there's i don't know are you up to date with this chicago stuff a little anyway well i did hear about it on the podcast for sure uh, yeah Kind of I mean, crazy in, to in think general, of the amount though, of violence. Yeah, you, I've seen it, it on the news like, too. Minus the rideshare, though, just Chicago in general being pretty much at, at its worst ever. Rates are up and way up, and it's about. and it's and it's you know I'm I'm from Michigan and Detroit's a tough city, but it's it's really out of hand. It's really like, and they've taken it downtown. It's. It's crazy, um, but we've had a lot of rough episodes. So last week I said we'd do a much shorter one um, this week and just kind of uh, run through a couple pieces of news. And then uh, I am currently scheduling uh, people for August and September. I think that I uh, next time I will make sure that I do that uh, before it rolls up on me because I scheduled eight weeks in a row real quick, and then it was all of a sudden it was over. I was like, oh. <laughs> but uh hopefully i'm gonna be able to talk marissa into the weeks into at least hopefully most of the weeks where i don't have a guest into being on with me even if she's not here via zoom so oh, that would be great so this will be something and, and right now guys uh hopefully um 
this the editing will be able to clean this fully up because we're I'm doing this in a in a way I used to do the recordings and I'm not sure quite how it's coming out. Uh I guess if it's super bad then obviously uh I just won't use it and you'll never hear this. <laughs> But hopefully it will. So I'm sitting here like turning some dials and stuff while we're getting going. Uh, we want to start off with a piece uh, from that came out, was it today? July 23rd. Uh, came out on Market Watch. And it's, uh, you may have seen it, it's Uber showed drivers lower fares than passengers. Blames California law supported it. So let's give a listen to this article, and then uh, Marissa and I will uh, talk about it a little bit. Uber show drivers lower fares than passengers, blames California law it supported. By Levi Sumagazi. July 23rd, 2021, 9.49 p.m. Eastern Time. Uber Technologies Incorporated acknowledged Friday it had been showing drivers lower fares than what riders actually paid and promised to change the practice, which it attributed to a California law the company spent tens of millions of dollars to support. Uber made the change after San Francisco news site Mission Local reported that drivers in the city were consistently shown a lower fare than what riders are actually paying, raising issues of transparency for drivers who want to know how much of a cut Uber takes from each ride. Uber spokesman Matthew Wing confirmed with MarketWatch that the practice would change and said that California riders and drivers were seeing different amounts because of fees added due to Proposition 22, the ballot initiative that a majority of the state's residents passed in November. Uber, Lyft Incorporated and other gig companies spent more than $200 million to support Proposition 22, which promised certain new benefits to drivers in order to bypass a state law that required them to treat drivers as employees instead of independent contractors. Uber is passing on the costs of those new benefits, which include guaranteed earnings equivalent to 120% of the minimum wage during drivers' engaged or booked time, health stipends for some drivers, and more to riders, which is why they see a higher price for the ride than drivers do, Wing said. For more gig workers to see pay changes, customers to see higher prices after Prop. 22. On the driver receipts, they were not being shown those fees, Wing said. They were just being shown the amount of the fare that they were getting a cut from. Uber will start showing the same information to riders and drivers starting next week, he said. Advocacy group Gig Workers Rising on Friday scoffed at Uber's explanation. If this discrepancy was truly just about the Prop 22 benefits fee, why refuse transparency? Said Lauren Casey, lead organizer at Gig Workers Rising. Casey also pointed to driver complaints that many of them haven't been able to benefit from Proposition 22. For example, drivers who are on medical, the state's health insurance program for low-income individuals and families, are not eligible for the health care stipends. See Uber, Lyft drivers say new California law isn't solving their health care needs. Uber and Lyft say they have already paid out millions of dollars in guaranteed earnings and health care stipends since Proposition 22 was passed last year. Wing explained that the rates riders see are what they agree to pay for the ride, but drivers' pay is determined by factors beyond base rate and distance like how long a ride takes, which can vary. The Mission Local story includes questions about Uber's take rate, what percentage of a ride's cost the company is getting versus how much drivers are earning. 
Uber has said its take rate is about 25%, but according to calculations by that story's reporter, the driver's average take rate was about 56%, meaning the company's take rate averaged about 44%. The take rate on individual trips currently doesn't include driver incentives, so it doesn't comprehensively show how much the driver is earning on a trip nor give a full picture of how much Uber drivers are really earning, Uber's wing said. As demand for rides rebounds, both companies say drivers nowadays are making an average of more than $30 an hour in top markets, excluding tips. Drivers who went on a one-day strike this week, though, told MarketWatch that their earnings have declined. See Uber and Lyft drivers strike for a day. Lyft said this week that it provides drivers a weekly breakdown of their earnings, deductions, what riders pay and where that money goes. Okay, so interesting, because... Um, you know, transparency is a big thing that we're dealing with right now that, you know, at Para and, uh, um, that we're conquering too. We seem to be, you know, things are still going great and we're still moving forward. Uh, but this is a perfect example of what I've always said in the rideshare industry that, uh, you know, these companies in the beginning, they didn't have to show us receipts. It was like when Marissa and I started, it was a 90, 10 split. Um, we made so much money that it didn't really need, I didn't need to go and look at a receipt at the end of the night. Cause I was like, I couldn't believe I was being paid that much to do what I was doing. Right. right. <laughs> we were, we were making good money. So it wasn't like we were thinking how much is Uber making off us? Right. We were like, they're awesome. They're right. I mean, if you're money. right, if you're, if you're being able <laughs> to turn on the app at any time, and this is it when they first were coming here for the first years and everybody in your own market, if you were been doing this that long you would understand this they didn't have enough drivers for a long time they would bring they wanted you to bring on every friend of yours and everybody because you can't have a platform with passengers and no drivers you do that and you will fail immediately so uber knew they were smart enough that they knew get people on there that's why those original referral fees everything used to be so high so we didn't used to see receipts we didn't need to we were making enough money it was great but then down the road, and even those of us who want to be independent contractors like Marissa and I, um, you know, and we want to stay that and have our flex benefit and be able to work when we want and all this, um, you know, we just, once the pace starts changing, you start caring a little more. You start having to adjust, work more, different hours, whatever. And then as it changes more, you know, you start kind of comparing the two, Lyft and Uber and why have these rates gone down so much? And you just you come to an equation where in your market, at the per mile, per t- uh, per minute, all that, um, how many, how often do you surge? What type of events do you have in your area? You have to do that math and what nights you work and see if it's worth it to you these days. Yes, you have always been able to go in the receipts for the last few years and see the trip details. But as Marissa and I were talking about before we got on the. Uh, um, podcast here, we were saying that, you know, you even getting to a receipt pre pandemic, at least used to just be a nightmare of flow screens just to get to one. Then you had to flow screen out and then kind of go back in. It was, it, it sounds like, well, you can't push the screen a few times, but you agree. I mean, this right. was, it, no, was, it remember, was a pain in the ass. I remember at the end of the night sitting in my car, and clicking through my rides and trying to get to some the details. Yes, and it the would ride it would take me a while if I had a long night, and I, then even, I would find myself. I'll be honest with that? you. After a long night, I'd be going through them, 
And sometimes I'd go into one, and this is how this is mind manipulation for real. This is an, even a different way that maybe people haven't thought of. But back in those days, I used to go there and hit a receipt, and I'd be going through everything to just just kind of verify and see where it was. And then I'd go into one. And I'd, and I'd come back out, and I'd be going through that and going back into the next one, and I'd find myself going back into the same one I had just gone into. Mm-hmm. And then I would come out and do it again. I've had times I've done it like three times in a row after like a 10-hour shift where I'm going, what the hell? And I like can't get to that next one. And it's not me. I'm not drunk. No. I'm not. It's just some way that Uber tricks your eyes. I don't even know. I mean, this is the kind of, well, I feel like initially, (laughs) and this might sound weird, but initially I was going through those like awesome, like looking at each ride, like almost like excited about my pay at the end of the night, but it changed to where I was having to work a lot more hours to make the same pay. Eventually I kind of understand because it wasn't really sustainable what they were paying, but the way they changed it was so drastic that they had to expect uh, that drivers weren't going to be satisfied. Yeah. And I think that's what this whole article, AB5, was about the government trying to make sure everybody was taxed appropriately and that, you know, these people who are driving and earning all their money in gig work were paying into services like social security so that when they retired, they had, uh, options or right. not but, that social but, but, security but clearly, is huge, but-, but clearly let's also quick mention at least that AB five was a blanket that was so poorly designed and just thrown over everything that so many, I mean, so many carve outs were made. And this barely ever happens on a law of that size. So many carve-outs were made. AB5 had to become AB2257 after making a 40% carve-outs and still not reaching true independent contractors who have been in business for 30 years, who I've had on the on the podcast. Right. Lisa. Well, exactly. Uh, That's you know, the idea is, of it. Was I mean, this... these people like were around long before gig platforms. And they still didn't get a carve out. They still can't get around the AB5 law. And we've talked about this many times. You know, people are going to Texas and to Florida to get their people now because even companies not in California, even if they know they're only going to use it a certain amount of times, they just don't want to touch it because they're like, I don't understand it. And I don't think that the state or anybody understands. So I don't want to get too far into AB5, but. Right. No, I agree that it was a, a blanket cover that tried to take gig work and make it into employees that doesn't, they don't fit that way. It doesn't work together. There was a, a a method behind it that made some sense. However, the way they went about it didn't make sense because it's not the same as an employee. It, it can't ever be that. They ha- it has to be something different. So they passed that. Then, of course, Prop 22 came along, which wasn't the driver's initiative again. No. There was in, the, the in government's fact, initiative in fact, was AB5. Let's, let's and mention AB5 the... happened. And now Marissa's talking about Prop 22. She's not talking about saving the other 60% that weren't carved out. Prop 22 came along only and specifically for on demand app based gig workers. Right. That's it. None, they weren't trying to help. Any, there was nothing about it to help freelance cartoonists or writers or any of that. Or I guess the writers at that point before 2257 had been carved out. But. Um, if there were musicians left at that point still, um, there were not just the 
opera house person I had on here, but I had read an article this week that another opera house there went down. And don't you think that's pretty messed up? Because don't you think it really was originally aimed at the app-based gig workers? Oh, I I know it was, but I... And the people who are but, still stuck okay, in it. But or, you got to remember that, and I can't, I can't, here we are spinning down a hole, but we'll see where it goes. Whatever, <laughs> let's see where it goes. Um, uh, the problem is, is, and I've talked to many people about this, the problem is, is that um, it was, des- AB5 was designed to go after the app-based community because they saw how many workers they had in California, right. not just Uber, Lyft, but all of them. And they were like, wow, this is, we need to go after this. And then it became, to do that, you had to work with the unions and start getting, or the unions actually were pushing you very hard to make this happen. It's the unions that you push. You as meaning? Well, it, you know, this was Lorena Gonzalez's baby. She ran with it, you know, in hopes to make attorney general. But she's like state assemblywoman right now in San Diego right. or... But regardless, it was her baby to run with, and she had a lot of backing. Um, obviously, she did, because they made AB5 without people even knowing. And the signature was done at Gavin Newsom's office. So, I mean, like, obviously, she had enough power to make... I mean, that's a big law to make a big change. But I think, or I know what, what happened, is that when when they designed it, and they said, let's go after the app-based gig community, they they got greedy, and the unions were like, wait, if we're doing this, let's just go after independent contractors. Right. And now remember, this was all pre-pandemic, too. This was the basically April 2019, AB5 was starting to get its steam. Uh, it passed, went into effect. Wasn't it January 2020? Right. Just right. Jan- right. It was like Jan- right, January, whatever. Um, but in the November ballot, Prop 22, which $200 million plus was spent by Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash. Uh, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get back to it now. <laughs> so basically, AB5 is the government's initiative. Prop 22 is the gig Is a $200 million plus dollar. That's the, the app c- company's gig worker, or the gig, yeah. What am I trying to say? It's the the Prop Twenty Two is the apps. It was initiative, right? There's no drivers' initiative, so none of these were really designed to benefit the driver. But disguised, both right. were disguised, right? Actually, right. But the problem is the, the big problem is is that AB five was, and I mean, I've even talked to people who are pro AB five. I've talked to people pretty deep in pro AB five who aren't just trolls out there being assholes on social media. But I've talked to some people who I respect who are pro AB5, a lot of people that are out there and stuff. And, you know, I I chat with a lot of them too and whatnot, but I've actually talked to some who even themselves admit AB5 was so sloppy. They still like really like what it did, but they're like, it was just so sloppy. I mean, to have to go back and revise it and carve out and, carve out everything because they didn't do it in the first place in the writing and then have to redraft it to a new thing after it was already called AB5 the law and call it 2257. I mean, it was just done messy and it's still not cleaned up. 
and that's and that's the problem. But then and, here came Prop Twenty Two, and this is and this is a, but this is a good this is a good example because I'm going to talk about somebody that the listeners won't know, but you do, my friend, our friend Jason up in NoCal, just north of the city. He lives across the bridge from San Francisco in Marin County, and uh, um, he's a true Democrat. He's a through and through. Um, not corporate guy. He's an independent contractor. Um, he does very well for himself. He's a six-figure earner in the computer industry. Um, but when prop, he knew I was dealing with all of this stuff. And when he, like when I'd talked to him, he'd kind of blow it off. But when it came close to that November third vote, and he really saw the commercials on TV and stuff about Prop Twenty Two, and he had remembered me talking about it so many times, he called me to ask, "What the hell is up with this?" And he lives in California. And what I told him, because he's like, because I looked into like the the reading I did, he goes, and I feel like I have to vote for Prop 22 because I'm an independent contractor. But I, he goes, but I feel like I'm voting with corporations for the first time in my life. So he was like very concerned that there was a, he was going down a rabbit hole that he had to because otherwise he, even he saw this would screw up his independent contractor status. Yeah. I think neither one was really. But I mean, that's, that's the point. The and in the end he voted, voted, voted for, voted for, and he even after the fact told me, even after I talked to him about it and why it needed to happen and why AB5 shouldn't have and all this, he even after voting was like, I feel bad about voting that way, but I had to. Right. So, I mean, I think that's a good way to say that because, I would think that's how a lot of people felt. Like, I don't like this, but the other way sucks. Right. Well, and now here we see that Uber is still using it to... But yeah, so I, we want to get to this other story. Um, I think that... Let's see. what. Oh, so basically the last thing I did want to say about what the article we just heard is this new thing about passengers seeing the full fare or just what they're paying and drivers not seeing that extra add on. I mean, that sucks. And yes, it does. And it needs to be adjusted. And I'm glad to read it is. I'm not sure. I believe that it, that last piece of the article about Lyft saying that they're already doing it. It sounded like, I don't think that's the case. I'm going to contact some people tomorrow about this because this is just weird, but I'm glad to see that they'll that at least they're saying they're going to do it with Uber. That's a fifty-fifty shot on whether they'll do it or not. We don't know. Sometimes they and sometimes they will do it, and then a day later they'll just say that it it didn't cooperate with their platform well, and they'll just pull it. <laughs> so you never know. But I'm glad that they're doing that. But um, I again, this gets to a big transparency thing with me. I mean, the fact that they aren't even letting the drivers know that there's a tacked on fee when the driver, when we all know that there's an issue with, even though some cities are coming back, some there's an issue with lack of drivers, which is the story that Marissa and I are going to talk about next and end with tonight. But um, there's a, there's still a lack of drivers. There's some cities that are showing a good bounce back a little bit, but not really. I mean, a lot of those cities, I mean, it's weird. I've done a lot of, um, talking to drivers and stuff. A lot of those cities are college towns, Big Ten college towns, where the population doubles overnight, <laughs> from 130,000 to, you know, 220. 
I mean, so I mean, if you're 130,000 in the summer, starting to see a comeback, it ain't really going to measure when you get the college students back. Right. So I don't think you're seeing the bounce back yet. Like Harry and I discussed when he was on, um, you know, both of us think the number one thing is PUA. When that ends, some drivers will come back. I think too many drivers have found a love in, uh, even though there's huge transparency issues over there, but have found a love um, doing on-demand food delivery for platforms like uh, DoorDash or Grubhub even or Uber right. Eats, any of those. But, you know, I think that people like the not having people in their car. I think that it was a rage through the pandemic. I think it still is. I think it's still going to be great for years. I do think that some people will go back to rideshare. I do think that people will be going to restaurants more, even though they've had a taste and enjoy this new on-demand service. People are getting out a bit more. So I do think there will be too many drivers on all the on the delivery platforms that might get them back on the rider side. But this, again, when you're paying drivers what you are in these markets, you can't you can't like be tacking on more to the... We know rates are high and you're claiming it's because there's not enough drivers on the road. Okay, well, now, now we're learning that in that money, you've tack, you're tacking on some weird fees that are pretty much driver-related because it, it's going to the health insurance and stuff. But even if that is part of Prop 22, that some of that money is supposed to come out in some way. Um, and I'm gonna, I, I think I know what I want to say, but I, I don't want to say it till I look into it. It should be transparent. It should be transparent. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like Right now, I think I know exactly what it's supposed to do, but I don't want to speak out of turn. Regardless, though, this should be transparent. So, so speaking of uh, Uber not being transparent and showing the driver all these extra fees, um, I think that everybody knows that's kind of a mainstream stream story right now that Uber is out of hand with what it's charging passengers for rides. And it's not just airports or certain cities like across the country, and it's scalable. I mean, in some cities, it's way worse. But like what we're seeing for if what you're seeing for a fee as a customer. To go from the airports used a lot because people that travel know this trip at this time of day every Tuesday when I fly home is a thirty dollar ride has been for four years and now they're seeing what sixty or more yeah you know or maybe you know maybe maybe fifty sixty in some markets but yeah it could be up to a hundred and uh, that's kind of uh, the points guy, was it today? Yeah, two days. Well, oh, it's up. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, two, a couple days ago, I guess, um, ran an article, thepointsguy.com. Um, $100 fares and two-hour wait times, what the, what the Uber and Lyft driver shortage means for you. And I think this ties for sure together with what we were just discussing. Um, but... Uh, you know, they talk about the labor shortage in the gig economy, um, not fully bouncing back. Uh, and then we get down to some of the what some of the people said, you know, like there's a quote here. I waited over two hours for a four mile ride to San Diego Airport last month. I kept getting notifications that my ride was delayed um, in Laguna. Uh there were no Uber rides available during my two-night stay. 
there was o- there there was one lift driver who kept picking me up and claimed he was the only lift driver working in this in in his town. So, and we're talking about what Laguna outside of San Diego. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. No Uber drivers and one Lyft driver covering all of Laguna. I don't know if you've been to Laguna. I have. They're all doing delivery. Maybe. Uh-huh. They're all doing delivery. But my point is, if before the pandemic, there'd be one million drivers in Laguna. <laughs> right. Okay, so if there's only one, why is he not being paid like a king? Especially when they're feeding like kings. Well, and especially when they're charging the riders such ex- but i mean right fees. but i mean even call but even okay it doesn't even have to be multiplier or whatever call it flat bonus or or or, or use it as a flat surge uber lift whatever that's fine you don't have to bring back the multiplier like you tried there for a little bit in some markets like here in denver um and then had to get rid of it and then you went back to the flat surge that's fine but give him 50 60 dollar flat surge rates because you're taking four times, three times the amount of money you did from these people, and he's the only person out there working for you. Right. Without him, in Laguna, without him, you can't use rideshare. I wonder if he was making good money being the I mean, I know driver. that's, you know, this is two days ago, and this is a specific night and or certain selected time, or I don't know. Right. You know, but we do have clarification that at least one night, there was one Lyft driver for all of Laguna. That's insane. Yeah, you would think he he must be getting paid good because he's the only one, but really he must not be getting paid if he's the only one. Well, but if and if you're in the user side app, if you're in the passenger app, you can look and and you know this, you can look and see the cars. Right. I mean, maybe all this has changed during the pandemic, you guys. Like, um, I don't know. I know a couple of things have been done, but I don't think so. Because some of the sneaky things like that that Uber used to like to have, they usually don't take away those. I, I was looking for something else. but Oh, the wait and save. Here we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that pause. Um, but the... Um, so, I guess in May 2020, the, the company introduced what it called wait and save program. Now, I didn't know about it in, in 20, May 2020, I was focused on a lot of other pandemic stuff and still this kind of stuff, but I don't remember this. It probably it probably even came by my radar, but I just didn't care. It looked like a program for riders, and I was in the middle of a hundred other pandemic things. But um, now I know what this has morphed into because what is it? The rate the wait and save program from Lyft in May of 2020 was a program to provide riders the option of a lower fare for a standard ride in exchange for dealing with a longer wait time. So to me, that sounds like one of Lyft's plans where you pay $5, $10 a month. And as many times you want to, you can do wait and save and you can somehow you can get the, you know, you you can skip the longer wait time and get, or get the short wait time and still get the good price. That's actually morphed into the opposite. I now know that when you open Lyft and Uber, you open it, and it says the prices. And if anything, that's those are the normal prices you see when you open the app and you type where you're going or whatever. And now it has if it'll have options that says if you need if you want it quicker, pay this, which is never less. Well, it's all not. right. But my point is 
Wait and save. So wait and save is wait the original and save, price. Wait and save turned into you want to pay more. Right. Well, it's it's sort of like a store <laughs> upping their prices to put a discount. I mean, here's my, here, here's my guess. If they didn't do this for free in May of 2020, they are the dumbest company on earth. I mean, seriously. No, seriously. Think about that. April, when everything shut down mm-hmm. and every rideshare driver switched to on-demand delivery or other gigs, and some of them, not just because the business was necessarily starting to go that way already, but and then boomed that way, but some of them even tried to wait it out. There just were no riders. There was nobody taking these things. So the last few who even hung in there that I know, they even like either went to on demand delivery or stopped. I mean, there was no need for anybody. So if in May, 2020, they put out a thing and they were charging for this, Hey, you can wait and save. What do you mean? Like there's no drivers and I'm not taking, we're not allowed to go anywhere. We're locked down. There wasn't many riders either. We were even locked down at that yeah. point. Everybody. There weren't even the fighting states at that point. We were all locked down in May 2020. <laughs> right? So they were putting it out for... Yeah, hey, their... you guys want to pay for this program for... No. So I'm guessing that must have been free. But but just so you know, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the way and say, maybe look it up. Um, we were just... We were kind of laughing at it before we started the podcast because it became... <clears throat> um, excuse me. It became here's the rate, or you can pay more. That's literally what it should be called. Um, so I mean, like, you know, you I don't know. We've never seen that really. It's almost like a an optional surge for the passenger, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that what it is? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's like you see the price. That's how much it's going to cost you to go home, right? And then right below it, it's like, do you want that car quicker? That's an <laughs> optional serve or an optional surge. It's like, and yeah. and, and I wonder if but they... But it is like you say, it's like reverse. It's like, but I wonder if they think, I want, I, you know, I, I'd like to think even myself I made a dent because I know, and I know you probably did. I told a lot of passengers who would ask and really want to learn stuff about, you know, maybe how we're paid or if that even came up, I was always happy to talk about it. I wasn't somebody who laid it out there and all the time was in people's ears going, you know how much we make? (laughs) Like, I wasn't bitching. I was always happy, you know, great uh, service, uh, pick up to drop off, all smiles. But if people were kind of hinted or we went in that direction or if they asked me directly, you know, I mean... I'd like to think I hit home with some people. And I wonder if they see that, that because that's a new feature to see, here's your price, but you can pay more to get the same thing a little quicker. And it wasn't even because Jason showed me, he sent those screenshots. I posted, I posted them on Twitter. So if you go to Uber Lyft drivers, at Uber Lyft drivers on Twitter and scroll down my profile page, you can see that it was um, end of June. I posted a... Uh, two pictures of, or like four pictures maybe even, of some screenshots that my buddy took from the airport when coming here. Um, And even the prices between one minute and the next. He opened Uber, and it was like 90 bucks to get here for an Uber X. 90. Now, Marissa's laughing. You guys don't know where I live to the airport. That should be even 
like me as a customer on a on a Wednesday, like when he came in, that should have been a thirty to thirty five dollar ride. Right. It was in the evening. There was wasn't rush hour. And I would expect as a driver to make like twenty to twenty three bucks for that on a regular night, right? Yeah, about. So yeah, so probably thirty five then, let's say. But, you know, it was a $90 ride. So what did he do? What all of us would have done. He uh, took, well, for me, he took a screenshot, first of all, because <laughs> I asked him to. I wanted to see this, and it was as bad. And then he, he closed the app, and what did he do? He opened Lyft. Let's see what Lyft is. And Lyft was kind of right in line. There really wasn't a difference. They were like three times as high, too. Now, there was a lot of concerts in town that weekend, and there was a big, big one at Red Rocks that has a lot of traveling followers. So we really did. I mean, rental cars were at four times their rate. It really was a wild weekend where I think everything was being abused. But at the same time, he opened Lyft. The rates were as high. Wow, he thought. Because he didn't even know. He actually told me he didn't even know if the credit card he had tied with Lyft was even something he had anymore because he hadn't used Lyft in so long. (laughs) And so he's like, so I'd prefer Uber. So he went back to Uber, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like 130. Whoa. And when I did the screenshots again, you can find them on Twitter. Um, I'll put them on my Instagram account too. If you want to go to at uh, Rideshare Rodeo, uh, you can. That's our new account because Instagram uh, likes to shut down accounts. They they even shut down Lifting with Larry, who's like the nicest guy I know in the world, and. Um, doesn't swear and he's just a good guy and they shut down his account and that's his primary social media account so good job guys but anyway they shut me down too uber lyft drivers i don't know if you know that Mm -hmm. um and we had built a real just like with most socials we had built a good following um they just shut it down and won't give they won't discuss it i am gone so i had to start a new one so if you used to follow that um you can go to uberliftdrivers.com now click it the link to Instagram and you'll go to um, the new rideshare rodeo one and uh, or you can go to Instagram and just go at rideshare rodeo, but I'll post them up there as well. But this was all in the course of, you'll see the screenshots, you'll see the prices, but if you look at the time too, this is all done in, in three minutes. He did check Uber, check Lyft, check Uber again, check Lyft again. And both of them did the same thing. Lyft also went way up. And I mean, this is all within a minute between the flipping. And they were already up, so, well. You know, it makes me it makes me worry that they're, you know, we all know that they, I mean, I'm not going to call it evil or anything. It's, it is, <laughs> I guess I just called it evil. <laughs> but honestly, they do have their tricks, even on the customer side, to see where the volume is and do a supply demand thing. And I mean, that's, that's business, but the way they do it seems, I think we all just don't like, it leaves a bad taste in all of our mouths. Let's just say that, (laughs) you know, maybe it's selfish because I guess as a driver, when they were charging those rates and I was getting paid good for those rates, you know, but when but they're again, making those rates and not you know, passing that on to the ones But on the days that I crushed it, I came home so tired, I didn't even probably look yeah. to see what the drivers were, what the riders were paying. Because on the days I crushed it, even as the years went on, I, I just didn't feel a need. I didn't want to see that they took 50% and I still did so well. Because then I'd be mad anyway and be mm-hmm. like, 
What happened to that 90-10 split, guys? What happened to, I'm not an employee, you're an independent contractor, we're partners. Yeah, we're not partners. <laughs> but I do, I would never be an employee for Uber, um, ever, or any of these companies. Um, I wouldn't even be, even if I was in marketing, I wouldn't be a marketing person in the corporate level for one of these companies. I would go for another company. I mean, they seem to let the the best of people go left and right. They bounce between these companies. You know they share secrets. But, I mean, literally, there's so much trickery going on that I'm starting to wonder. And, I, I mean, of course, they have the ability. But I'm starting to wonder if, like, what happened to our friend Jason, Marissa and my friend who came in here to Denver, if they did, well, like, what um, uh, Kayak does. Like, where if you search for a trip to San Francisco and then you leave the app, the next time you come back, you can count on that price being higher because in the cash, even if you clear it in the cash, somehow, even if it's in your account, some, I, I, this is beyond me and I understand programming stuff. So maybe it even feeds to your account that you were searching it. So it can repopulate it to your app in real time. The next time you open it, because you should be able to in your app, clear the cash, which means nobody can see that at all. Okay, you've now cleared it. It should be gone. Um, there should, if you click search for a destination, it should not be pulling up any places that you've searched. But now maybe you close the app, you clear the cache, you hit search, and nothing still comes up. So you're like, cool, it cleared. But somehow it didn't because somehow the price goes up, and yet another person might check and it's still the lower price. So I'm wondering if Uber has some kind of thing going where they know you're doing the they know everybody or 90 percent of people are going what on the rate and going i'm going to check lift <laughs> and there's something that when you switch to lift and then switch and go back to uber <laughs> they're just like if you come maybe it's like if this person comes back on in two minutes up the rates i feel like uber knows when you're using lift and vice versa oh i just meant uber or lift alone though right like if jason went on checked the price and then he closed the app, and or even didn't close the app. Even if he went over to Lyft, that would still put the app, app dormant. Mm-hmm. So it would feel closed to Uber. So in that case, I wonder if, like, there's, like, as soon as he went off the Uber app, they don't even care if he's at Lyft. They know he is, but they don't care. So I wonder if they just are like, okay, if he comes back, if this lights back up in two minutes, this Uber app, and he's still looking for a car up the price because he sat there and he played with it for a while i mean he sat at the airport for about 30 minutes and he got it down to i mean it it went up like i said it was like i can't remember guys go and look and i'll post it again but um on instagram but it was like let's just say 90 to 130 and he got he ended up getting it for like 78 but again this is a 35 dollar ride I'm one of those people I know. I know how much it costs. I know where my house is to the airport. And and it's not where we live in Denver. It's not downtown. So you're not facing um, traffic. It, I mean, and it, especially at the time he was really like, I'm a, a pretty straight shot to the airport and it's good highways. They're fast. Mm-hmm. It's just a distance. It just takes a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, he was, he even said when he was first accepting too, once he finally did get to the price where he was accepting, he was getting the same thing we read about in this article. He was getting dropped rides, mm-hmm. um, 
all kinds of things. I mean, I know we've been talking about this for a little bit, guys. But um, and then Uber's now renting cars too. Uh, they work with a company. Left does. Co- oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Lyft is working with a company Sixer. Um, and if you want to, you can rent cars. And what is it? Is am I looking at Boston right now? Uh-huh. So right now, and this I'm not sure when this was, um, but from Boston Logan Airport, um, you if you couldn't get a Lyft or an Uber, you get, you can get a sixth S I X T, and the prices range approximately two to three hundred dollars a day. Um, even a, a Toyota Camry or similar sedan is at at this point it was at two oh six eighty a day. Um, just crazy. I mean, that's just nuts. Uh, cause I mean, usually when I would go to Hotwire pre pandemic, I, I could go to any city in this country and find a car for under, usually I'm not kidding. Usually I'd get it to a, no more than $30 a day and usually around like 15 to 20 and every, but the guarantee cool, under 50. Oh yeah. Never, never more. I guarantee under 40. I've never I'm I'm pretty sure I've never paid more than 30. But the coolest part is because I learned a trick when I did a lot of laser travel and this is a tip for all you guys out there too. This is one of those hidden t- hidden gems if the world ever gets back to norm- somewhat normal. And if the cuz we were talking to the stock of these inventories have gone down a lot cuz during the pandemic they had to sell a lot of cars. But if it ever gets back to the normal um I will tell you, always, if you're using a Hotwire or type app, um, Expedia, whatever you might use. I prefer Hotwire. I think for car rentals, it's the best. Um, but uh, if you use one, get the cheapest car as long as it's a name, as long as it's a, a brand name rental company you recognize. It can even be the Alamo or the Budget. Just don't go with someone that's local for that airport that you don't know and you're seeing low rates. But as long as you go with one of the national chains, almost 90% of the time you get there, they will say, um, do you want an upgrade when you're at the counter checking in? Now, remember, they will say, do you want an upgrade? And then they'll tell you that the cost of the upgrade would be this. Remember, and again... This is about 90% of the time. I have traveled for the laser company I worked for for years, had to deal deal with this kind of stuff a ton in my life. 90% of the time, when they tell as soon as they tell you that they can give you an upgrade, that means they have oversold their sedans. Mm-hmm. And they need those sedans. So what they're willing to do is put you in a luxury escalade or a something that <coughs> excuse me. That you know, even a nice SUV, and you just rented a sedan, um, you know, brand new Rav Four, anything of this of the sorts, but they'll put you in one of those uh, for an extra ten dollars a day. You can every time or ninety percent of the time work that down to zero, because as soon as they say that, just know this, and I'm not kidding, they have let's say example twenty five sedans on the lot, and they were supposed to get a shipment from another. Uh, Alamo or budget or enterprise of sedans and they didn't come. And then two people asked to extend whatever. And they had allocated out 45 and they have 22 on the lot. They have a problem. 
Right. So when you say, how do you get them to knock it down to zero? From- I just I just say it straight up. I just say I just say I'll take the upgrade. I don't want to pay for it though. <laughs> and then they'll be like ninety percent of the time on that reply, they just say, um, "Yeah, we can do something." They might not give you the car that they offer because they might offer like the top of the line convertible if you're on a, in a beach town, mm-hmm. you know, and they really, for that one, they, they might say, and it, it would only normally cost you 50 more, but only 20 more today on that. That might really mean the 20, but if, as long as you just say, I'll take an upgrade, but, um, um, I don't want to pay anything for it. It's, it's a weird thing to think I know, but try it, um, because it does work. I'm sure that most, many have heard, I had already heard this, but I, I was shocked, and now I'm seeing it in a few articles, and I'm reading it in this one specifically, is that um, it's already been restarted, that Lyft has reintroduced shared rides. Um, Las Vegas, they've reintroduced shared rides, and Las Vegas is facing um, a huge spike right now in the Delta variant of COVID, and it just seems like during this spike they reintroduced. I mean, the spike was already happening. And Vegas just fully reopened. And Marissa and I know a judge up in Reno. (laughs) And it's not because we got in trouble or anything. He's just a friend of ours. (laughs) What up, Karina? If you're listening, what up, buddy? Um, But uh, uh, Vegas just fully reopened. And, I mean, they're back, I think they're near 10%. Or some weird percent. I was. It was really high. Near ten percent. Or like of people oh. being tested have of COVID. Oh, I see. Now I don't know how many people are being tested, and my guess is, like I've mentioned before, that the people who are being tested are pretty sure they have it. Right. So I don't know how skewed that is, but nonetheless, it's kind of a thing around the country right now. What does it mean? I don't really know. However. It just seems like, again, the worst time to introduce something like this, like that May 2020 program, if they were charging for that during the pandemic when there's no rides. I mean, this is kind of the same thing, but now you're literally, um, you know, you're, what were we calling it? A a ride share super spreader. (laughs) I mean, mean, it should be, it should, it should not say shared ride. It should say super spreader ride. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You see what Match.com is doing. I mean, maybe it's all in the same vein. I'm just saying. I mean, I was, I, you know, even when I had Harry on, we talked about how, you know, maybe one of the big, biggest cool things about this that will happen is shared rides will never come back. <laughs> you know, and here we are with a variant rising, and one of the select cities they're opening in is one of the cities that's being hit the hardest be interesting to see how many people take those shared my rides. guess my guess on the shared ride thing i think you'll maybe you'll you'll at least understand if you don't agree is that because of the lack of drivers right people they have to start doing shared rides they and they just they're are they're they're offer. leaving people at airports guys that you know i think that we were hitting on some angles of that but to be honest there there's people waiting and getting so many canceled rides you know, a lot of if if you're back doing rideshare, you probably already know this, but people are accepting the rides and canceling them. So people are getting a ride, thinking, "Yes, I got one." At a triple rate, I'm being charged out the whatever, and this sucks. But yeah, you got a ride, and then they wait ten minutes, and then it cancels. And the person next to them got a ride five minutes after, and they're standing at the airport, 
It's like, oh, I got one too. And then, but the first person now had his cancel five minutes after that guy got one. Then that guy gets canceled. I mean, we hear about so many canceled rides, it's sick. And so there just aren't the rideshare drivers that there need to be. And the the solution has been that Uber and Lyft have doubled their rates to fix the problem. At a, and before the pandemic, it was a race to the bottom. Neither of them would ever raise a rate, they said. Right. And now they're doubling it because they don't have enough drivers and they're not paying the drivers anymore. And also, one thing, the people who tell you that, or any article that tells you that drivers are making more, Marissa and I were talking about this, any article that says that is telling the truth. Drivers are making more, but they don't have any downtime at all. They're not making any more on the rides. They just have endless rides. Uh, right. They're so they're not they're making dry, more. Right. They might be taking ten rides in a time they were taking five rides before, and they're making the same amount of money. And and we all know that when when you're you know when you're as uh, Tom Kelly from TNC Radio Live. What up, Tom? Um, as he said, you know, like if the wheels are turning. Um, the money's burning or whatever, you know, like, I mean, like that's true. Like if, and it, and it also goes to your sanity and just staying focused. I mean, if you're in my time of rideshare, if I never had a down second, that was, that was my happiest day. Cause when you would drop somebody off and have a few minutes down, that's one thing. And it's still, you know, if you're not like tired, it's like, no, but then if you have real downtime, it really sucks. You're yeah. like, shit. You know, and it just it becomes so frustrating, and that's that time just crawls by. But when you're working, and if you are con- if you're accepting before you do the the drop off, the next ride, I mean, you're just you're golden, and you feel good, and you stay energized, and your adrenaline's going, and right, you know, it's but it's one thing if you're getting paid so much a ride, and you do a lot more rides, and you make that much more money. It's a different thing if you're getting paid so much a ride. And then suddenly you're getting paid half that per ride, but you're getting double rides and still making the same money. That doesn't feel any better. <laughs> you see, okay. does that make any sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that the takeaway from tonight is, uh, um, is that uh, pay attention, you know, and if any riders or passengers are picking up on this signal here um, or this podcast too, whatever, or you, or you want to pass it along to passengers or whatever, make sure that people know um, that drivers with these double, triple rates, nothing different is happening for the drivers. Make sure people know that because I think people really, Uber always thrives off bunk BS PR. Always. You know what I mean? I mean, they, I mean, by like, it makes, by the higher rate, it almost feels like if you don't know much and you've never drove, you almost feel like, well, at least they're paying their drivers better. Right. You know, and it's like, dude, no, they're not. So, I mean, just make, make sure that's no. So that said, it's a week. I just crossed an hour. Uh, we will see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.